Good morning, Campbell River Baptist Church, and welcome once again to our online service. We're so excited that you can join us here this morning for our continuation of our Miracle Sermon Series. Today we're talking about Lazarus. So we're excited that you can join us and just see what God teaches us through that story about Lazarus coming back to life. Also, each week on Wednesday, we post a little bit about what Pastor Dwight's going to be talking about um, the, for the upcoming service. So if you want to pop on there and check that out, that would be fantastic. Also included in that is questions about those services. So if you want to read those questions, talk to your friends about them, engage with each other, and just see where each other are at after they've listened to the sermon and what God is doing through it, that would be great. We're so excited that you can continue to join us here um, online, and I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day. Hi everyone, Leora here with two things to talk to you about today. The first thing is about, well, why I'm in this room. This is our resource room where we keep a lot of our supplies that we use for children's ministry, youth ministry, and pretty much all of the ministries. But we have a lot of supplies in here. Why am I telling you about this now? Well, because of all of the opportunities that we have right now, because of the time and space that we have, we're able to go through and set up and redo some different spaces in our building. We will be showing you a lot more about what we are doing over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. We've been really busy working on a lot of projects to get our building ready for when we're able to meet together. Hopefully that's sometime in the near future, but even if we've got to wait a little bit longer, our building is going to be more than ready for us to come and worship and learn together. The second thing I want to talk to you guys about is small groups. Small groups, I'm going to keep talking to you about it because it is one of the most important things about our church community right now. It's a way that we can be in community with one another in a safe way. Right now, meeting in a large group isn't something that we are prepared to do or are able to do. We don't know for how long, and so we want to make sure that you are getting into community and connecting with other people. It is so vital for all of our mental health, spiritual health, physical health, all of those things to be in community and connection with one another. If you'd like to be a part of a small group, please send me an email, smallgroups at crbaptist.bc.ca. It's really important that we get you all in connected. So please, please, please contact me. Good morning, everyone. My name is Erwin, and I'm going to be reading the scriptures for us this morning. Psalm 63, verses 1 to 5 says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your glory and your power. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be, satis I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Th this morning, I'd, I'd also like to, to lead you in, in prayer and we'd like to pray for Pastor Dwight as he, he, he speaks to us. He's going to be speaking about Lazarus. We're looking forward to that. And, and also, we'd like to, to, to thank you once again for, for your gifts and offerings and, and that are coming in regularly. If you need help with that and don't know how to give, you can contact the office for more information. Um, we'd also like to pray for the, 
the teachers, uh, all, all the school teachers, uh, both in the Christian school and the public schools, and all the challenges that they have ahead of them. We know school starting up in, in, in just a month now, and, and uh, uh, all sorts of, of challenges and, and opportunities as well, and so we'd like to pray for them. Would you please close your eyes with me and, and let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your, your goodness and, and your, your guidance in our life. And we, we thank you for all the, all the teachers in our, our district and, and for all the, all the many people who are putting in many hours to get, get ready for school this fall. And Lord, we know it won't look the same and it's going to be going to have some challenges but we pray for grace and peace and hope for each one of the teachers and 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 for their their students as well we we pray for for those who've chosen to do homeschooling as well as those who are sending kids to school and and we pray that you will watch over each one uh, thank you lord also for the for the way that, that our, our church family is is supporting us uh, supporting the, the CRBC in, in the work here financially, and we, we pray that you'll bless each one who gives. Now, as we look into the, the sermon and, and as we hear about Lazarus and the raising of Lazarus, we, we pray that you will speak to us, guide Pastor Dwight, guide his words, and, and may we hear from you this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Graveyards, graves, bodies buried, dead people. Being in a cemetery always seems to put things in perspective, especially when I'm looking into the hole where a person who died just days ago will be buried. Soon there will be family members and friends gathered all around who will be grieving and crying and hugging each other and offering words of comfort. A minister will open up God's word and share some scripture and the people will be grieving what we call death. But at this funeral, it's very likely that there will be more than just one dead person. There will be those, very likely, who are also spiritually dead. There will be those who had relationships that died. And there will be some that have simply lost all hope for a better future. This week, we're going to study another one of Jesus' miracles. When a guy who had also been dead for four days was put into a hole. And Jesus, by his power, proved that all things with God are possible. And in God's world, we're going to find that death is never final. Welcome again to CRBC Online, to those from Campbell River and beyond. I'm Pastor Dwight, and this is number three in our summer series called Miracles. You can turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, which is in the New Testament. And we're going to look at John chapter 11. Maybe you could really use God to do something supernatural in your life. You could really use God acting on your behalf in some form of a miracle. And you've prayed. Nothing's happened. And you hope that something will. Well, today we're going to look at the miracle of Lazarus. Here was a guy who was dead for four days before God acted. In John 11, verses 1 to 4, it says... Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. 
No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So these friends of Jesus were in Bethany. Bethany means house of figs. It was very close to Jerusalem. These were good friends of Jesus. They, he always stopped on his way into Jerusalem. He'd stop at the house of Lazarus. Okay, things don't look good on your timetable, but what you need to understand is I've got divine strategy. There is something going on behind the scenes, and when I'm through with this, everyone's going to say, what happened couldn't have happened except for the hand of God. We've got to give God glory for that. Or things are going the wrong way. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. God might say, this will not end in death. I've got a divine strategy. Jesus had a divine strategy. He was up to something with Lazarus's sickness. In 1999, there was this supernatural psychological thriller called The Sixth Sense. It starred Bruce Willis and uh, Haley Joel Osment as the little boy called Cole Starr. Now, this little boy was able to see and talk to dead people, and there was a very famous line in it, I see dead people. And I would have to say that Cole Starr, uh, I would have to say with Cole Starr, as a pastor, I too have special powers. I see dead people. Everywhere I go, I see them. I go to the mall and I see dead people all over the place. I drive through Campbell River and I see dead people. I go into churches and I see dead people. And the key thought this morning is, did you know that you can be dead while you're still alive? Alive on the outside, but very, very dead on the inside. I see dead people, and so do you. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in 1 Timothy 5, 6. He says, but the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. So it is possible to be alive, but still dead. Maybe you see, dead pe maybe you see people who are relationally dead. They don't have authentic, transparent relationships. And there are lots of dead marriages, people who are married but live in the same house, but they're barely more than roommates, just existing, floating through life, hoping that one day it will get better. I see dead people, alive on the outside, but dead on the inside. As we talk about the story of Lazarus, he died. Maybe something inside of you died, and God wants to bring it back to life. Jesus heard that his good buddy, Lazarus, was dying, and then he actually died. Jesus waited two days then before he even left to go visit Lazarus. Let's go back to Judea, he said, where Lazarus was. And his disciples say, uh-uh, Jesus, remember last time you were there in New Judea? The officials, they tried to kill you. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now, what he meant was Lazarus has died. So they traveled to Bethany. And there are three different characters in the story that are alive on the outside, but something on the inside is dead. And there are three different death traps that we're going to look at this morning. And maybe you can relate to one or more of these in your own life. The first person, the first person who was in it had a death trap was Thomas, the Apostle Thomas. Eventually, he is nicknamed Doubting Thomas. He was a very pessimistic type of person. Thomas was dead in his doubts. 
It reminds me of that little donkey Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. When Eeyore was always that pessimistic soul. He, he, one of his lines was, I wish I could say yes, but I can't. Or he said, uh, if it is a good morning, which I doubt, he always was pessimistic. And that was Thomas. Thomas says, uh, when Jesus said, let's go to Bethany, uh, Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of his disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. There is that Eeyore, that doubting, that pessimism. Things aren't good and they're probably going to get worse. He was dying on the inside with very real spiritual doubts. I relate a lot to the little boy that was afraid of his basement in his house. His mom kept all of the food down in the basement. It was kind of like a pantry. And the mom said, son, would you go get me a can of tomatoes in the basement? And the boy said, well, you know, I'm afraid of the basement. And mom said, son, you need to understand, Jesus is in the basement, you will be fine. The boy said, Jesus is in the basement? Mom said, yes, Jesus is in the basement. The boy said, fine. Opened up the door, looked down into the basement. Yo, Jesus, can you toss me a can of tomatoes? It doesn't always feel like Jesus is there. You may have prayed for something, and it seems like heaven is silent. Jesus, are you even there? Are you real? God, if you're there, are you good? If you are good and you are there, can you do something about this? And if you can, why haven't you? Is it me? Is it you? I don't understand. Thomas was doubting. The second death trap is Martha, the sister of the dead man. Now here's another character that was in a death trap. Martha was dead in her delay. In verse 17, it says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It was taking Jesus too long to get anything done. Four days. Four days is dead, dead. The body is starting to smell. In verse 21, we see this delay. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. There it is, the, the accusation, the why. What took you so long? You could have been here in a day and a half, but it took you four days. What were you thinking? She deeply desires to share with Jesus. She wants to, her brother alive. Maybe, maybe there's uh, people who have this deep desire to share their life and marriage with another Christ follower, and nothing's working, and you feel like you're in the delay. Others are married, praying for their marriage to get better, but it's not. There's a delay. Maybe we're praying for God to touch our physical body or the body of someone that we love and nothing's happened. There's a delay. Maybe you love someone and you have a prayer that they would come into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. But the harder you pray, the farther they seem to go from God. Why the delay? Thomas was dead in his doubts, Martha was dead in her delay, and Mary, the other sister, was dead in her discouragement. Mary just stayed home. It says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Wow. Why even bother? Nothing's going to happen. There's no use. You know, I see dead people all the time, dead in their discouragement. 
Some people say, I tried to overcome this addiction thing, but I just can't. I got counseling, I tried this, I tried that. I'm always going to be this way. I'm never going to be happy. It's no use. We're dead in our discouragement. Where or what in your life is dead? What in your life is dying? It could be your faith. One time you had a deep faith, but that's dying. One time you're very intimate with God, but somehow that just kind of went away. Maybe it's a relationship that should be alive, but it's just dead. You know, maybe there's my dad. Hey, we're just not talking. It could be financially. On the outside, you've got the image, but the truth is you're dead in debt. Outward show without an inward truth. What in your life is dead? What do we do when our children cry? Well, we hold them until the tears go away. Watch Jesus do something like that in verse 33. When Jesus saw Martha weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then that little verse that says, Jesus wept. Think about the irony of this. Here's the Son of God who is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew that any moment he could do it, and yet he wept. Because that's how much he feels and cares for his people. He was weeping because his people were hurting. We can ask the question, where is Jesus today? He is high and exalted, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, praying for you. When you are hurting, he is praying. He is also crying holding you until the tears go away. You may be in the season between the death and the power of the resurrection. Maybe you're in the delay. The doubts are real. The discouragement is overwhelming. He will hold you until the tears go away. Never forget that, that God's delays are not God's denials. They are what we might call divine delays. It's like Joseph. He was in prison for two years before God's hands seemed to move and change in his life. Moses wandered in the desert for 40 years with the children of Israel before they actually came to the promised land. Noah was building a boat and it took forever. Paul was building tents, waiting and waiting before he had the ministry in different areas. God's delays are not God's denials. They are the divine delays. Why did Jesus come? He came so that you could live. Live life to the full. Live the life that God wants for you. Not the fake pursuit of materialism, not selfish gratification, the real kind of life. Joy on the inside when there is no human reason to have joy on the outside. No reason why anyone should have any kind of peace. Yet there is this peace from on high that you can have inside. It is a peace from God. So if you're a Christ follower, the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrection power is inside of you. Why did Jesus come? He, come, he came so that you could live, really live. Now the enemy, Satan's mission statement is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus' mission statement is found in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Abundant life. It's the God kind of life. Jesus came so that you 
could have life. Because he came so that you could live, we would have to say, stop dressing like a dead man. Stop dressing like a dead man. Stop dressing like you belong in the tomb. Stop speaking like a dead man. Stop thinking like a dead man. Stop acting like a dead man. Stop hanging around dead people. Jesus came so that you could live. Stop dressing like a dead man. It says that Jesus looked up to heaven and he prayed. Then he said, move the stone away from the tomb. And then verse 43, verse 43, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off anything that resembles death. Get rid of those dead things. Scripture says you were dead in your transgressions and sin, and now you are alive in Christ. Take off those negative thoughts. You know, well, I'm never going to amount to anything, or we're always going to be miserable, or we're always going to be in debt, or God answers their prayers. Never mind. Stop that death thinking. Stop that death speaking. The past is the past forgiven under the blood, cast into the sea of forgetfulness. God is here. God is real. God has resurrection power and he's available to you. Stop acting like a dead man. Come out from the dead stuff. Is Jesus real or is it a joke? Do you believe or are we just playing church? We remember all things are possible with God. Dead for four days is not dead in God's world. He can speak to dead things and they can live. So what's dead on the inside of you? Let Jesus bring it back to life. Maybe you had a vision to make a difference in your home, your church, your community, the world. Let him bring that back to life. Maybe you had hope to lead someone to Christ. Let him bring it back to life. Your faith your passion, let him bring it back to life. He specializes in bringing dead things back to life. I see dead people, but when God shows up, he makes dead things alive. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came so that you could really live. What in your life is dead or is dying? Remember, with God, death is never final. Come out of the grave, take off the grave clothes, and live. At the end of this story, verse 25, Jesus asks a question. It says, Jesus said to her, that was Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? There's the question. Do you believe this? And that one question really gets to the heart of it. Do you really, really believe this? Jesus came so we could really live. Do you really, really believe this? Like Thomas, you've got some significant doubts. Like Martha, you're saying, okay, I'm in this big delay and nothing's happening. And like Mary, you might say, you know what? I'm not even sure if something could happen ever again. I'm so discouraged. God wants to make some dead things in our hearts alive. There are those of you that would recognize this, the need for the resurrection power of Jesus to touch your heart. 
to touch your faith, to touch your body, to touch your relationships, to touch your finances, to touch your mind, to touch your attitudes. If that's that, if you know those things and you see those things in your life, those are the dead things, let me pray for you right now. God, I pray with every bit of faith that I have for those with needs here. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would do what only you can do, that we would sense your divine strategy, that we would know your glory, that you are going to work, maybe not exactly the way that we want it to be, not exactly in our timing. We may think that it should be now, it might be four days from now, four months from now, four years from now, maybe even four decades from now. But we pay, put our faith in you, Jesus. A God with divine strategy, working in all things to bring about good. God, comfort us when you act. We're going to tell everybody. This happened because God did it. We want to draw people to you. We want to put our faith completely in you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. A few years ago, I put together this video called Tomb Raider. It is the name of a popular video game, and it had a number of uh, spin-off movies. But throughout the Gospels, Jesus was the ultimate Tomb Raider. Whenever he was near, death was not allowed to win. So enjoy this.
He is risen. He's risen indeed. Jesus is alive. So you can stop dressing like a dead man. Come out of the grave, take off the grave clothes, and live. Let me leave you with a blessing from Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good thing for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today and have a blessed week.